This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. My dear friend Kelly Gordon of the blog Love Well is back in the co-host seat. At the top of the show, I get a little overly enthusiastic explaining the new app Periscope to Kelly. Then she talks about the joys of spring gardening and gives us the simple secret to stunning potted plants. Later in the show, we take listener questions on both how to know when to have children and also what to do with the awkward problem of talking to your friends about your blog. All of that coming up on Episode 7 of Sorta Awesome. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm really good. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing so much better because I get to spend some time talking to you this afternoon. So Versus. Yes. Yes. So excited to talk to you. Um, we are going to jump right into our awesome of the week, as we always sure. do here on the show. And I was just telling Kelly before we started recording, I'm going to sort of selfishly go first this week because I have been waiting. Mm. At least two weeks, maybe three weeks, to tell you, specifically you, Kelly, although, yes, our listeners, too. It's like Christmas. I know. About our awesome, or about my awesome of the week. And so I'm going to go ahead and get started. I hope I can contain my... (laughs) Your glee. Yeah, my glee. very exciting. (laughs) Okay. So my awesome of the week is an app And it's something that I just found, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. Um, The app is called Periscope. Have you heard of Periscope? I don't think I have. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to tell you about this. Okay. Okay. So the idea behind Periscope is that it's an app. And when you open it up, it's like looking through a Periscope into the lives of people anywhere around the world if they're broadcasting it from their phones okay so you open on your phone people around the world are using this app and broadcasting what's going on in their life at any given moment in time 
So it's like live cams. Live cams. But on your phone. On your phone. Hello. I know. Isn't it amazing? I have been loving it so much. And I So what do you do with it? Like what do you yes. like like to do? Okay. <laughs> so giddy about this. It's so ridiculous. I'm gonna preface this by saying I had the same level of giddiness when I first discovered the app, and I was standing in the kitchen telling Kyle about it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he didn't get it the same way, I'm guessing. He was looking at me, and he was like, (laughs) he said, and he does not say this very often, but he was looking at me, he was like, you are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And he means that as a compliment. That's why he married you. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so here is the thing of it. Okay, so again, it's it's like you said, it's like a live cam. I can use my phone to broadcast anything that I want to. For example, say the twins are running around and playing in the backyard, and I want to put it on Periscope. I would start a video that would say, twin toddlers running around the backyard, whatever you want to call it. I can also choose then to go to the main feed and watch what other people are broadcasting anywhere from their phones. So um, so when you open the app, first of all, I should back up a second. It is connected directly to Twitter. I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's like owned by Twitter or what, but you have to be on Twitter to open a Periscope um, account, as far as I can tell. So I had to dust off my old Twitter account (laughs) that I haven't used in over a year. Had to get that up and going again, but it was worth it because then what happens is it first allows you to look through your your twi- the people that you follow on Twitter to see who you might like to follow in Periscope if anybody's on there. Okay. So there's that. Um, and when you first open the app, you can look to see if anybody that you follow on Periscope is broadcasting right at that moment. Right. Now, I only follow like 50 people or so on Periscope, so very rarely when I open it is anybody actually live broadcasting. Then what you can do, and this is the fascinating part that I just love, you go to the global feed. That is where you can look to see what people are broadcasting around the world. And I have to say that there are a lot of users in different countries. In fact, there's a lot of videos. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of broadcasters, a lot of Periscope users. I don't even open it because even the titles, they're not written in English. I mean, they're written in a person's language. So, um, But if you, you know, if you are... Um, an expat and you're wanting to, you know, you're in a different country and you want to hear what people are, you know, speaking your language literally, right. <laughs> you could open it and use it. So, so you can watch the sun setting in Australia, like literally somebody will be like sun setting over Sydney. And you can click on that person's broadcast of it and watch it. You can watch one of my favorite ones when I first got opened the app was um, a young woman, probably in her early 20s in Paris, just sitting on her balcony, smoking a cigarette, very French-like, talking, <laughs> actually talking in English, um, but with her beautiful French accent about what she had done during the day that day. Um, you can watch somebody, I watched somebody making Korean candy, okay. um, like the very specific process. Somebody was filming it for her, but she was showing like this, this is step by step. This is what it looks like when you make this certain kind of Korean candy. But here's the thing that I have been really excited to tell you about and why I think you might want to check it out. I mean, besides from the obvious fact that as a fellow ENFP, you like to be all up into people's lives and businesses. (laughs) I think I might know where you're going. Yeah, because one of the things that people use it for the most is behind the scenes of a newsroom. (gasps) Like, 
Yeah. Reporters and anchors will be like behind the scenes of Channel 5 News or whatever. So if you open it, especially in the evening hours, maybe they're prepping for the 5 or 6 o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news, whatever. Um they are they have their somebody has a phone out and they have periscope open and they're showing you what goes on behind the scenes as they're prepping their newscast so and for those of you just to catch everybody up if this is your first time to listen to sort of awesome my wonderful friend kelly um this is her background right worked in news for a long time if you want to go back to her first episode it says meet kelly she'll explain all about that um but so um kelly i know that you're a news hound in general Yes. But also a weather geek, which right. I got I got to pause right now and say that so many people have commented to me that they loved the fact that you were so enthusiastic about the weather. Okay, that makes me feel good because I will say personally, too, after that first show, when I confessed my mm-hmm. love of all things weather right on your podcast, <laughs> I had texts and Facebook messages for days after that, like for two weeks after from everybody who has my number saying, I knew it. I knew it was weather and just saying, or if they didn't, they said, I love that about you. It makes me so happy. Or people who said, I used to record TV shows, you know, all the little things I talked about that right. kind of led up to the geeky love of weather that I have. Yes. It was just funny. It seemed to be one of those galvanating sort of things. Yeah. But so I would think, now I thought you were going to say weather. Well, that's what said. I was going to say too. Okay. So you can follow, you know, you could do. yeah, lots of news people have, like, it seems like if you're in news, you have a Twitter account that you sure. tweet stuff out. So you can follow your favorite meteorologist type people. In fact, just over the weekend, I got a notification, which you can keep notifications on, on, um, on Periscope if you want to, um, and it will give you a notification if somebody that you're following is broadcasting something live right then. Right. So if you follow a ton of people on there, it might be a little annoying to keep notifications on. Again, right. most of the people that I follow haven't even started broadcasting anything yet, so it's right. it's still pretty convenient. So anyway, a notification popped up that a meteorologist that was in Texas was filming live a storm cell forming over, I can't remember where it was now, somewhere in Texas. And I thought of you immediately. I was like, yes. oh my gosh, I cannot wait my to tell Kelly about it. is going this. up even hearing about it. Okay, but I have, I have questions. Okay. Can you answer questions? Yes, okay, I will. so yes. this is blowing my mind in the I best know. way. This, this is like Twitter in the sense that it's live, it's global. Yes. You can just see what's going on. Right. You can throw it out there. Yes. But it's live. It's so live. it's not, it's YouTube. But live, right? Because right? once you're done broadcasting, that video just is gone. Okay. Now, so, is that true? Okay. It depends on the user. You can make a choice in your settings as okay. a Periscope user if you want to make playback of your old videos available. Okay. Um, so, yes, ideally you would catch it live, but not, I mean, again, it depends on how the person's settings are set up. So right. you could theoretically go back and watch something. Now, I forgot one major component of the, the the broadcast is that as you're watching somebody's broadcast, you can type in comments on what they're doing. Now, depending on how they're filming it, they may or may not see those comments. Right. Um, you can also tap the screen to give hearts to them as they're talking or whatever they're showing just to, you know, like a thumbs up, like a like. Right. Um, however, if you're watching a playback that has already played, it's not live anymore, you can't do any hearts or comments. So there's that aspect of it. Now, just like Twitter, uh, an an issue that I've come across is that people are sometimes idiots on social media. (laughs) 
And so <laughs> you can be watching something really serious and somebody like just kind of comes by with some stupid comment that is either irrelevant or insulting or whatever. Now, as a user, as a Periscope user, you can set it up to where only people who follow you can comment on your videos, which I think is probably the smartest thing to do. But that's kind of one of the annoying factors is that, you know, like maybe a hundred people will be watching a live broadcast video any time, there's going to be nice, normal comments, and then there's going to be really hateful troll comments. So there's that part of it, too. But that's like YouTube as well. Right? Just like Half YouTube. YouTube is just just annoying. like Twitter. Yes, yep. there's gonna be there's gonna be some idiots out there, and that's just part of social media. So, but okay. that's fascinating. It's a fascinating yes. app, and it's a fascinating aspect of social media because it takes these things and yes. blends them together. So right. my mind is spinning right now with potentials and potential dangers. Right. I can see how that could be bad too. Yes. Um, wow, that's super fascinating. I will definitely be opening an account. Yeah. Within minutes of us getting off of here and checking it out. <laughs> okay, let me tell you some of the people that I follow that I've enjoyed. I'm just yes. gonna I'm gonna give a short list. And for those of you who are listening, I will put in the show notes. I don't know how to I don't know how to set it up so it would take you to this person's Periscope account, but what I will do is leave links to each of these people's uh, Twitter accounts. Okay. So that if you did want to check check them out on Periscope, you'll at least know who I'm talking about. So somebody who's on there that I enjoy a lot is John Acuff. Yes. Okay. I am a longtime Stuff fan. Like. Yes, I'm a longtime fan of John's. I've been, I started reading Stuff Christians Like mm-hmm. when he very first began the blog, when it was right. a very basic, simple blogger blog. Um, I've enjoyed his books and writing. He is um, a writer, a blogger, a speaker. I got to hear him at Blistem a few years ago. And funny. Funny. He's just Funny. Funny is all good. And real. I mean, he's real too, so it's not like he's just a comedian, but he is so funny and relatable. Yes. So he is on Periscope. He'll do things like, you know, packing for a trip or whatever. It's just like little glimpses (laughs) into people's lives. Um, But they have the camera on and they're filming it. So I guess you do have to be a certain kind of, have a certain kind of personality that you would want people to see what you're doing. Um, And speaking of that, then the next person I was going to recommend is um, a girl I follow, not a girl, she's a woman, I follow on YouTube. Her name's Amanda Muse. Um, The thing about Periscope is it's very reminiscent of the very earliest days of YouTube in that every, I mean, it's just live. There's no production values, okay? So it's not edited. It's not super slick video. It's just what people are doing. So Amanda Muse has a great YouTube channel. I really like it. Um, And she's on Periscope too. And you can check her out. And she um, is just kind of films family life type stuff. So I enjoy her. Another one is somebody that I actually found on Periscope. She has a a YouTube channel and and is on Twitter, but I found her on Periscope. Her username is that blonde girl, Mandy. And and Mandy is M-A-N-D-I-E. She is a hairstylist, and I'm not even sure where in the country she is, but she is on there. She's a very um, enthusiastic Periscope user. She will get on there and show, okay, today we're putting highlights and lowlights in hair. And she'll show, like, what that process is like. Um, She'll unbox products. People love beauty products, Kelly. Yeah, I know. Like, 
in a way that's really unexplainable. I do too. That's why I love her her videos. Yeah. She'll be like, I got my Redken shipment in and she'll like, like unboxing it and showing all the products. You can ask her questions like, do you think this one is better than this one? Those types of things if you're really into that. And you can ask her live. Yeah, like you can, can ask her live. If she sees it, she yes. can answer you right then. She is really good about reading the comments as they're coming in and oh, she'll answer amazing. questions. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. She's a sweet, sweet girl. I love it. I love her um, Periscope. Um, then two that you might be more interested in because you're a little bit more highbrow than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I should be sticking with a British accent for that kind of compliment. Uh, one of them is Mashable. Mashable has a really great news feed. So okay. it'll, I mean, whether it's entertainment news or actual like breaking news, they will put people on camera and have you get, have them uh, give the rundown of a certain news situation that's going on. So I wanted to mention Mashable to you specifically. Yeah. This, the next one is somebody that I felt like did a really great job with using Periscope in a very real-time way, and that is World Vision USA. Right. Um, they had somebody, again, over the weekend, one of their, I don't know, one of their staff members, one of the directors was on camera doing an interview about what World Vision is doing in Nepal right now to help with um, earthquake disaster relief. Sure. And I thought that's a really smart way to do it. Um, yes, they can put that out in all different forms of social media, but if somebody is just kind of skimming through the feed and they want to click on that, they're they're hearing about World Vision's work there right now. So, Right. And, you know, I can say this, coming from news, TV news, there is this odd, wonderful thing about live. Yes. And if you watch TV news, you'll see them say, we're going to do this live. Yes. And that, I don't know what it does to our psyche, but it draws us in. Like, I am watching this happening right now. It's not as compelling if it's a video later. I think you're um, so right. I really so, do. You know, that's why in TV news, it's imperative if you're trying to draw on viewers that you're at places even if the story isn't happening anymore, um, you're in front of the house mm-hmm. where, that burned down eight hours ago yep. to toss to the story about the fire that happened eight hours ago. There's something that just draws people in. If you did everything from a newsroom, even though the stories would be the same, for whatever reason, and I'm guilty of it too, we want to see that live. So that's yeah. what they're drawing on here. This is like a live YouTube yes. that has that Twitter component and able to follow people. So yeah, this is super fascinating to me. I will definitely I, check it out. I'm glad that you, for number one, don't think I'm weird. Of course not. <laughs> number two, that you're getting why I am so ridiculously enthusiastic about it. It has been so much fun. Now, I have only put one broadcast up myself Sunday morning when we went down to watch the um, Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon, watch the runners come down and major street by our house. I broadcasted that for just a little bit. It's total sense. I never really think to use it as much, but maybe I will start to to use it more. Um, If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm sort of awesome Meg on Twitter. And then if you open up Periscope, you'll find me on there. Maybe I will start to think of other things. Um, People really seem to like the twins. They're they're pretty funny little dudes. So maybe I'll start to... The little dudes are a major draw. If they don't have their own Twitter account yet, they probably should. (laughs) (laughs) At the little dudes. Yes. So anyway, I talked way too long about that. But like I Mm. said, I just had this boundless enthusiasm and I was so excited to tell you about it. So. Well, and you have boundless enthusiasm about everything, Megan. Yes. That's why you're such a good podcast host. <laughs> so that's okay. That's super exciting. And I had so many questions. So I'm so glad yeah. you explained it. Thank you. Okay. My so, yeah. Awesome Let's hear yours. Week. Let's hear yours. <laughs> Is like 
very different. Yes. I feel like I should have calm music with birds tweeting and rippling water because my awesome of the week is spring and specifically the fact that here in the upper Midwest, spring has really sprung in the last Ah. week, two weeks. So even this week it's sixties and seventies and the leaves are coming out and it's just gorgeous outside. So this last weekend I went and bought some flowers finally to put into my front pots and I have one window box. And I thought, this makes me so happy. And this is something that's still fairly new to me. Okay. So that's why I thought, you know, in this sort of awesome sort of way, yeah. what makes me happy is definitely every day. I drive in and out of my house all day long since I drive kids yes. to and to Yes, school. you do. Yes. Every time I drive in, I see those flower pots. It makes Aww, me happy. And I think, oh, so we're here. And this is spring. So right now, I basically have violas and violets and that sort of thing. Things okay. that will, because in Minnesota... Um, our Minneapolis, at least our last freeze by date is basically mother's day. They say, really, oh. we can't guarantee, like you shouldn't put things in the ground unless you're prepared to go out and, you know, cover them with a soft warm blanket and bring them a right. latte because yes. it could still get cold at night. So these are flowers that if it does get cold for the most part, they're okay. And I also bought, oh, my favorite flowers. They used to have them at Trader Joe's and I don't see them there anymore, but they're ranunculus. Oh, uh, yes. What ranunculus yes, are. Yes, they're beautiful. What a great spring flower. Yeah. They're my favorite. And you know what? There is, since we used to live in San Diego for a, quite a while, there is in northern San Diego County, a city called Carlsbad. Actually, my brother still lives there. And there's this flower fields of Carlsbad and they have fields and fields and oh, huge swaths. Of, a lot of them are ranunculus that they oh. grow. Gorgeous. And so you can go and take pictures or just, you know, go through the fields. They grow other flowers right. too. But they're so pretty and they remind me of San Diego. Oh, I it's, bet. You know, kind of a cross between what, like a Gerber daisy because yes. they have that stem yeah. that sticks right up and then a multi-puddled rose. That's what oh. my kids look like. Yes. So they're making me so happy. But, you know, have you heard the container pot little wisdom? When I, 10 years ago, started to think I should put something in pots, I was so intimidated yeah. I had a friend who she's just one of those people who has design coming out of her pores. Okay. You know, she's just she can do anything in her house, remodeling, out in her garden. Everything is just jaw dropping. She just has that gift. So she told me the secret. Okay, tell me because I'm a total, total black thumb. I kill yes. everything. So please reveal the secret. So it has taken me a long time and I don't always like keep all the plants living, so let's not give <laughs> ourselves. But this is just the wisdom to putting together a pot. Okay. 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 So there's three words. You want thrillers, chillers, and spillers. Okay. That's what she told me. So you want a thriller. You want some sort of plant that's going to be the star Mm -hmm. of your pot. And ideally, it would be a tall plant. So lots of times in the summer when I'm doing this, I will get a really cool grass. You know, some sort of like that has plumes or might be a purple grass. Or um, you could do canna lilies. Okay. Anything that's going to be grow tall. And that's your thriller. That's your thriller. Okay. Then you want your filler. Okay. And that's usually, um, well, you could do either. You could do some sort of a plant that's going to flower, you know, geraniums or something like that. Something that's going to fill in that bottom of the pot, get kind of moundy. 
Okay. So you could also just do some sort of, you know, a green plant, depending on if you have sun or shade. And then you want a spiller, something that spills over the right. side. Okay. Like sweet potato vines. I use it all the time. Oh, There's, gosh. Sweet potato vines. I love them. They're so forgiving. Mm-hmm. They are so forgiving, so amiable. They'll yes. just spill out wherever you put them. So They're friendly. Perfect. And I like their – they have one that's kind of a limish. Yes. I love that one, yes. It's such a pretty color to put into pots and into, um, you know, window things. And they just make you look good because they grow like yeah. crazy. Yeah, the they summer. do. And yeah. they spill down and they look so beautiful. So oh, that's my little awesome of the week is go out and plant people. Go it's good. Celebrate spring. You know, I, I have to say this too. I was thinking um, the last few days, I told a couple friends, spring, especially, I think for almost anybody who lives in a place that has seasons, mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the country, right. whether spring comes early or late, uh, is like this great anticipation season. Mm. It's beautiful in its own right. right. But for those of us who've endured a season of being indoors, you know, more closed off stillness, it's kind of like, I love Thursday nights mm. because you are almost the weekend, right? right? Yes. You have one day left. Like, you know, you have one day of just kind of finishing up and then the fun begins. And spring is kind of like the Thursday night of oh. my year. It really Especially is. Especially like right now because yeah. we still have a few weeks of school left. Right. We're not done with school, mm-hmm. but it's starting to get nice outside. The kids are starting to go out and play. The anticipation yes. of summer is palpable. Yeah. And so I went for a little drive on Sunday. I went to a farm to get some frozen chickens and it's just about 10 minutes out from our house, but I was in the country Yeah. and it was this gorgeous day and I thought, oh, my heart is going to burst. Yes. My heart is going to absolutely burst with the joy of anticipating what is to come. I mean, today is good, but it's only going to get better. Oh, I love it. That is actually totally awesome. So thank yes, you. That is totally awesome. Not even totally. Sorry. Hey, would you snap some pictures of your beautiful plantings yes, and uh, and send them to me and I'll pop them in the show notes because yes, absolutely will. I can just imagine how gorgeous they are. So thank you. Thank you for that awesome of the week. Love it. Um, so I think it's probably time for us to switch gears yep. and move into our second segment of the show, the one where we take listener questions and do our best to give you some sort of awesome answers. Um, yes. Sometimes you just need somebody to come alongside you and be like, hey, I have an idea about this. So um, as I was telling Laura last week on last week's show, I have been just completely overwhelmed and so thoroughly surprised by how many people have taken a moment to send in a question for us just as a quick reminder yeah yeah, I know it's been such it's been such a warm response and I'm so thankful as a quick reminder if you ever do have a question you want us to tackle on the show you can go to sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com and click on the ask us link and you can type your question in right there and we will get to it I am uh looking through all the questions and sort of organizing and and deciding who to ask what and all of those types of things. So if you've asked a question, we haven't gotten to it yet. Just hang on because we will get to you. I promise. Oh yeah. Okay. First question um, comes from a listener actually also named Kelly. (laughs) So let's break into the Kelly song from cheers. How many people are old enough for that? (laughs) Kelly, 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 K E L L. Why? Because you're Kelly, 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 Kelly. Okay, go ahead. We'll work on a Megan song for next time. We'll find a Megan song. There's got to be one out there. Okay, so she talked about how she felt so connected to all of us starting the show that she is also obsessed with Myers-Briggs, although she's an ENTP. ENTP. I don't know any ENTPs. Do you? 
I don't think I do either. I'm still wrapping my brain around, you know, you kind of have to, for me at least, get to know people I love. They tell me what they are. I yeah. go online, study that type. Oh, absolutely. And then I can say, oh, now I get it. And then right. I have to move on to the next type. So we'll have to study ENTP. Yes, definitely. Because I have to say, Kelly might be the only one. This Kelly, wonderful, beautiful listener, Kelly might be the only one I know. So anyway, she felt connected with me because of the Myers-Briggs connection. Um, she's also obsessed with reality TV, she says, just like Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Totally into Big Brother and, and The Bachelor, like Rebecca. Um, she says she wishes that Shauna Nyquist were her friend. So she feels really connected with Laura, who is really Don't we friends all? with Shauna. Yeah, <laughs> yes. totally. And of course, her name is Kelly. So she feels really connected to you. But I have to say, Kelly came out of the gates with a really big question. And I'm going to, I'm just going to share the question yeah, and we'll it. see what we can, we can uh, figure out to uh, answer, Kelly. She asks, how does one decide when and if to have children. So since you are my sort of mentor in all of these things, I'm going to kick it to you, (laughs) Kelly. So you can barely ahead of the game here, um, (laughs) just to have kids that are slightly older, you know, since I was listening to all the different podcasts and the co-hosts, I'm probably the oldest one, have the oldest kids. So have the most experience by, but by no means I'm an expert, you know? Uh, I don't know. You're pretty smart. (laughs) smart. I'm going to let you take the reins on this and, and share what you think. Well, this is what I would say. First of all, it's an intensely personal question. So, of course, this isn't one of those things that anybody can say to you, well, do this and then. There's no formula. And this is the time. There's no formula. No. And everybody figures it out on their own and then looks back and says, there are things I'm glad I did it this way. And then maybe if I had to do it again, I would do this a little differently. Mm -hmm. So there's no right or wrong at all. But I would say that... It's one of those things, I think, and again, if you listen to the show where I introduced myself, I said a little bit that I did not go into adulthood wanting kids. That was not who I thought I was going to be, did not want to be a stay-at-home mom, wanted to be a career girl, wanted to enjoy marriage, travel, all these things. So my life has flipped completely 180 from where I thought I was going to be. But I love being where I am. And now, looking back, I can say having kids is one of those things that I think is probably one of the top five universally joyful, delightful, rewarding experiences that you can have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is wonderful. It is hard. It is exhausting and frustrating and so fulfilling. Yeah. So whether or not you should have kids, so many people obviously in the world go ahead and make that leap Mm -hmm. because they say, you know, I think I'm just going to go for it. Right. Because it's about relationships Mm. and relationships are what living is about. Really. It's about that sort of thing. Um, I know that when we kind of made the decision to have kids, what partly prompted me to go down that road and my husband as well was we couldn't imagine ourselves being 60 and being alone. You're not having a family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we said, well, if that's what we see someday, then maybe in the now we need to get on that. (laughs) So it was something about projection and saying, well, is that the kind of life that you want to have when you're 60, when you're 80, you know, that's so wise. That really is. So that was, that was helpful for us as we tried to make that decision. Um, but I also will say, and as far as the timing, you know, that is so also personal, you know, your body clock and, and what you're doing in your career. And, you know, there's really no perfect time. I I will have people say, oh, we're just going to wait until all those things get perfectly balanced. Mm -hmm. And 
so rarely does that happen in life that yeah. it's okay sometimes to just say, you know what, let's try, yeah. let's do it. I think that's okay. But one thing that I have started to realize uh, in the last year or so, and I think this is partly because I'm an ENFP, but partly just because I'm human mm-hmm. and I'm 43 and it's wisdom of age, is as we go through life, and this is hard for an ENFP, there are so many things we can't choose. Mm. We have to make decisions about which path we're going to take. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, making one decision is also saying no to other things. We say yes to this, and it means we say no to that. So I heard somebody say, and I thought this was beautiful, that you almost have to say goodbye to these other possibilities. You really do. Mm -hmm. I will not, if I'm going to have kids, I will not be able to not have kids. I will not live that life. And that's okay. Like, I'm choosing this. And no matter what you choose, there are beautiful, wonderful things awaiting you. Yeah. Um, hard things, too, I'm sure, just because life is like that and we live in a broken world. But things that can grow you, things that will reward you, things that will make you glad to be alive. So it's okay to make a decision knowing that, you know, you can't choose everything. And it's okay to say Adios mm, yeah. <laughs> to all those other lives, all those other potentials right. that exist for you. And really, I think for me, what that does is helps me to really embrace yes. where I am yeah. and not to constantly be saying, but I could have, but I could have, mm-hmm. but I might have, because you can't and right. you don't want to miss your one beautiful life because you're always saying, well, maybe if I had, or if I had only, right. or if I could. So I, if that helps you at all, Kelly, as you're trying to think about this really deep, important kind of terrifying but wonderful question to think what would I like to see myself as in the future and go go forth and make that decision with joy and confidence and say it's okay to decide that I'm going to say farewell to this other potential Kellys that are out there. Yeah. The one that has kids, the one that doesn't have kids, the, the one that has one kid, the one that has six kids. You know, these are all right. things that we balance in our lives. Oh my gosh, that is really, I'm going to like need to pause and think on that myself <laughs> later after the show. That is extremely <laughs> profound wisdom. It really is, especially, and that actually really leads into what I was going to say too. So what I was going to say is once, I, I love that Kelly, I love that you took the approach of whether or not like the if part of the question. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was thinking in terms of once you have decided that you are going to have children, that you would, that you want to have children, that the timing is right. Mm. Um, I was just going to say to go with um, a posture of surrender. Mm. I feel like being able to from the from the front end just keep your hands open and surrender to whatever the path of saying yes, I want to have children, to whatever that path looks like. Um, I have a lot of um, friends who are Catholic and uh, a phrase that they use a lot that just is, that resonates with me so deeply is the importance that the Catholic faith places on being open to life. Excuse me. And so I think that, yes, you can come to a place of saying, you know, the timing is right. Or like you said, even if the timing's not perfect, we're just going to take that leap and we're just going to see what happens to just keep your hands open because None of us, once we start down that path, really know what it's going to look like. Right, right. And it may not look anything like what you had imagined. And so that's what I was going to say, you know, saying goodbye to the different versions of yourself that you maybe dreamed of. I never imagined in my future that I was going to have four children. Yes. Um, Like you, I'm the oldest of four kids myself. And, um, you know, I just saw my parents just kind of navigating 
particularly back when we were kids, the, our culture was not really set up for bigger families. And it always just kind of seemed like a little bit of a hassle to have more than the usual two kids per family. Right. So I never envisioned that I would have four kids, but being open to life, Kyle and I thought, you know, a few years ago, maybe our family's not quite complete. Never thought I would be a, a mom of twins. Yeah. Never thought I would have four kids. But so that's where the importance of being just surrendered to whatever happens once you decide, yes, we do want to pursue parenthood. Um, things like it may not happen as quickly as you hope, or you may be thinking, oh, we'll just give it a try and see what happens. And maybe in a you know six months or so, it may happen right away. Mm -hmm. um, you may encounter infertility and all of the challenge and heartbreak that that brings or you know, there's just, there's so many unknowns. And so I think that once you move into the when to have children part, for me, just that, that posture of surrender is saying whatever comes our way is what we will um, be joyfully accepting of. So Right. Oh, and that's good. That's wisdom that you can take just about to any situation too, because that deals with expectations. Yes. You know, and all of yeah. that and what you see to get out of life. And so saying, well, I'm going to try as best I can mm -hmm. to lay my expectations on the table and acknowledge them. It's okay to have sure, them, yeah. But absolutely. just say, life doesn't always work yes. the way I think it should. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of wisdom too. I hope that helps. I hope Listener that helps, Kelly. Kelly. Thank you so much for that question. That was such a, a really great question. Thanks for yeah. trusting it to us. We were yes. both kind of just yeah. like, oh, wow, this is like really, this is huge. <laughs> Last Honestly, week, Laura and I were talking about honoring. Instagram and now we're talking about <laughs> how to plan your family. Yes. <laughs> so you never know. And so that's just a reminder. If you have a question, it doesn't matter what it is. Send right. it our way. We'll we'll give it our best we'll to bring you an it. awesome answer. Yeah. Um, so the second question is one that's specifically for you. And again, listeners, if you have a question specifically for one of our regular co-hosts, you feel free to go ahead and send that in and, and I will get that to the co-host that you want to ask the question of. Um, so this one is for Kelly. And this was an anonymous question um, on the Tumblr. You do have the choice to either, either put your name to your question or make it anonymous. And that's totally fine with us. But this listener asks, how do you talk about your blog and things that you make and write with your family and friends? She says, I shy away from anything that feels like self-promotion. So I don't talk about my blog much with my friends besides them knowing that I write it. I don't want them to feel like I expect for them to read it. So I would love to know how you handle this in your lives. So for you and I, who, although I'm not actively blogging anymore, did it for a long time, and you've been doing it for quite a while as well. Right. That's a good question. Yeah. It's a really good question. And honestly, I feel a little like I'm underqualified to answer it because I don't think I'm good at self-promotion either to this anonymous listener. So I can tell you what I do. And Megan, you chime in here. Okay. I we have I, talked yes, about this. Too. I've got you some know, yeah. all of us and our friends, blogging friends, yes. you know, we talk about this. Um, I will say that when I first started my blog back in the dinosaur age of blogging, yes. I told no one. I think yeah. that I had a blog for months without telling my I, husband. Totally. Me too. Yes. Because, totally. you know, you just feel like this is so weird and no one's going to yes. understand this except for other bloggers. Right. So then, you know, you did have people maybe comment on your blog or because you would, back in the olden days, you left a comment and someone would always click on that link through to your blog, you know, oh, yes. so it was a smaller world. That's how we got so, to know each other. Yes. Right. I didn't tell people, I would say... Then I told my husband, I might have told my family because, you know, I think a lot of us started our blogs initially to say, 
you know, here's you, if you care about me, you'd probably find this interesting and ad nauseum, (laughs) like, Uh like, like, that's not all I care about Kelly is your life, but, um, (laughs) you know, still, even that is a little awkward, I think, say to your family. So would you like to read about me? (laughs) Because I write about me on the internet and aren't you totally fascinated by me? (laughs) So it was one of those things that kind of came out or maybe my husband would mention it at a family dinner when they were in town visiting. Um, so it's been this slow trickle. Right. I would say the biggest thing, and I still rarely mention it in person with people, mm-hmm. is the internet and oh, social absolutely. media. Absolutely. That, that is, is in my notes for how I was yep. going to answer. Yes. you. Yep. yep. The absolute easiest way is to just throw it on Facebook, mm-hmm. throw a link up on Facebook if you write something, yep. um, you know, Pinterest, Twitter, all the different, even Instagram you know, you're sharing things, but you can also be sharing in there things that you're thinking about on your blog, you know, driving traffic back to it or just letting people know that it's out there. Yeah. Um, and that in doing those things, I always feel like social media, people are following me because of that. They're right. not just my family and friends. So it makes it less awkward to say, hey, I wrote something new or I have thoughts on this or I wanted to share my favorite recipe. Yes. It's a much more comfortable way to do it. So yeah. I still diff- have difficulty doing it with, with family and friends. I mean, what is, what's worked for you? Do you talk about your blog with in real life people? No. 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 Okay. That's what I was, I was like looking at or my notes. podcast even. <laughs> well, the podcast, I guess I have, well, I don't know. No, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> We're all blushy. We're blushy even just thinking about blushy. talking about these things. Yeah, like can see me. My face is getting red. Um, I was going to say, so like the, the answer to how do I talk about it? I mostly don't. <laughs> And I never assume that anyone has read yes. anything I've written. And I never assume that anybody has listened to the podcast. Um, and not just, it's not an expectations thing. Like, I just genuinely don't want to ever assume that people have time to right. or would be interested. Um, so the thing about blogging and actually all kinds of online work is I think most people who do it do it primarily and originally for themselves. And so when I started my blog, this was before even Facebook. Well, I mean, Facebook mm-hmm. had probably been created, it was but it was, it was only for you know college right. students. Um, there wasn't Twitter. So it was a thing where I would have to actively be like, I have a blog. And I right. did not ever do that. And half the people in the world at that time were like, Anna, what's a blog? Right. Or right. a web blog, right? A web That's blog. how I first started it. I have a web blog. Yes. Was, yes, exactly. Exactly. And so back when we lived in Texas, when we lived in San Marcos, I had a wonderful group of friends. This was when I, I think Eliza was a baby when this happened. So Daisy was a toddler and uh, <clears throat> we were sitting around. We had we got together every Friday um, for what we called prayer coffee, where we would just drink coffee, talk about prayer requests. Sometimes we would do a Bible study. Anyway, one week just for a fun thing to do we were going around the circle and everybody told one thing that nobody else in the room knew about them. Mm -hmm. And I told people I have a blog and I've been blogging. I'd been blogging for like a year at this point. And everyone was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But when do you bring it up? That's the problem. I probably never would have told them if it hadn't been for that moment. Um, So even from that point forward for a long time, when people would bring up a, my blog to me or, or something I'd written specifically, I would want to crawl under a table when people started talking to me about my blog, just like I just felt so uncomfortable talking about it. But then eventually through time, you know, 
with social media coming out, really, I let social media do the work for me, you know? So like in my personal Facebook profile, um, where you would put what your job is, I have a link to the sort of crunchy Facebook page, which yes, I still need to change that to sort of awesome. It's, it's on my very long to do list to get to that. Um, but so people can now, like, if, if we become Facebook friends, they can see and they can click over and be like, oh, okay, this is what she does. And I don't have to, like, be like, so I was a blogger. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just out there. It's and out people there. people do find things. Everything yes. is so much more public. Yes. Now, here's a question for okay. you. Yes. Because I know that people will ask this sometimes, especially when they're new and they're starting blogs. They'll yeah. say, do you put your blog links in your personal profile? Yeah. Because many of us also have a page, a Facebook page for our blogs. And so I would be curious to know what you did when you were blogging. But what I've kind of done is I mostly, if I have a new blog post, I mostly um, publicize that via my page mm-hmm. or Twitter or other social media and not so much my personal. Right. Every once in a while, there's something that I write that I think yes. my all of my cousins are going to think this is funny or it's you know it's about one of my kids or right, right. it's a recipe that they've yes. all had and asked mm-hmm. for and I've never gotten to them. Yes. Um, so I will, like one out of 10, maybe, sure. I will share on my personal profile. So that's another way. It's, if I have new friends or people who didn't yes. see before, they go, oh, she has a blog. I didn't know. Right. But I'm... I'm doing it like, Hey, here's a funny story about Kieran or, you know, those Cajun turkey burgers I make every spring. Here's the recipe if you want it. So it's not so much. I wrote some deep thoughts about Easter. You should read them. (laughs) Right. Because I think that feels too, for me, it's too squidgy. It's too squidgy. I can't do it. it. So I I leave all that stuff over on the page and feel like if people want to know that part about me, yeah. they can go subscribe to it. I'm yeah. not going to force feed it to anybody in my real life because yeah. bless them for being my friends at yes. all. I, they don't need to have that level of self-promotion. That is, that's how I do it. That is really how I do it. I obviously don't um, have active links to the blog anymore, but that's how I would do it. I feel like if people are actually really interested in what I was writing about, they could easily follow the Sort of Crunchy mm-hmm. page and get updates from there only once in a blue moon, would I share it on my personal page? And like you said, it was usually something that I felt like would actually be universally interesting. Yes. For example, one time I had my very dear friend Vanessa write some um, information about uh, childhood cancer. Her son had cancer um, when he was a baby. And so like, I felt like that is something, right. if it was something like really important to me that everybody in my life knew about, I would have no problem linking to it. But on a day-to-day basis, no, I never did. Now, you and I, we have plenty of friends who do link from both their blogs, Facebook page, and their personal profile. I have no problem when other people do it. No problem at all that I just, like you said, squidgy. Too squidgy for me. Um, It's just a personality thing. I think so. Maybe so. One thing I did want to talk about, though, something that I learned about self-promotion from when Um, our book came out. So um, a few years ago, back in 2012, my friend um, Laura Oyer and I wrote a book called Spirit-Led Parenting. And um, I had, I went into complete crazy brain (laughs) about promoting the book. And so that February before the book came out in April, Laura and I actually, and and some of our other friends were at um, the Blistem blogging conference together. Remember that? And one night at Blistem, I was talking with a friend, um, somebody I actually didn't know very well. She was more of a friend of a friend. Her name's Robin Plemons. She's an artist, like an actual real artist uh, with real artistic work <laughs> that she creates. 
And I was telling her how, even though it's February and the book was coming out in April, I was already starting to spin out a lot about talking about the book and how weird and uncomfortable and awkward it felt to talk about the book and how self-promoting it felt. Robin said something to me that absolutely stuck with me, and it basically carried me through the whole process of promoting the book. And she really gave me the advice to, to in my mind, to hold the art out away from myself. Right. To remember that in promoting the book, I was promoting the work. I was promoting the message. And that I had to be able to take that message and sort of like separate myself from it. And once I could do that and hold it out away from my chest, because, you know, all of us who create things, whether it's writing or art or music or um, uh, some kind of a handcraft or whatever, those of us who create tend to hold it really close to our chests. They're like our little babies. And then to promote it, then because we're holding it so close to ourselves, we feel like we are promoting ourselves because it's so close to us. But that when it comes time to promote the best thing you can do as a creator is to pull it out away from yourself, pull it away from your chest, hold it out in front of you so that as as you go, people are focusing on the work and not on you. It reminds me of this fantastic passage from, um, from a book called Walking on Water. Um, and she talks about that the story comes to you, she talks about, as Madeline, Madeline Langle, is that Langle. Yeah. yes, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's you know kind. Of, she's talking about art in general, uh, but she's you know kind of thinking in the mind of a writer. Talks about how the story comes to you to be enfleshed, that you're to give flesh to that story, that that's your job to be obedient to that call, and um, and so I thought about that a lot. How that message of spirit led parenting had come to Laura and I had asked us to give it flesh, and we did do that. And just like having a baby, you know, like when you have a baby, you it's like, this is my own little thing. But as it grows up and becomes a child, you know, you can, you can, you have to begin to separate yourself, mother from child and, right. and see the child as doing right. its own thing. And it's the same way with promoting your work, whether it is your blog or a book or some kind of art that you've created that when you can get that separation in place, it makes the promotion so much easier because then it's out away from you and then you're cheering it on and then your eyes are lighting up when you talk about it because the focus isn't on you as the human who created it. The focus is on the thing, the actual creation itself. And then you really start to light up and that makes promotion so much more natural than when you feel like, oh, I'm just talking about this awesome thing I did. So, Right. And I think that's such a beautiful analogy because if you would think of a parent of some sort of a celebrity or a real hero, you know, somebody who's firefighter, a military person, somebody who does work that's really important, they've done a good job. If the news media came to you and interviewed you as the parent about that child, you would light up with pride. Oh, absolutely. Now, because you create that child and theoretically, even as you raise them, you know, there were values that you instilled in them. So you have a lot of a hand in that. It's not perfect analogy because, of course, a book really is just you. It doesn't have its ability right. to grow on its own, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's that idea of saying this. I'm so proud of something that maybe I started, but, you know, where it's where it's gone and what it delivers and brings to the world. Yes. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful and perfect analogy. And I could not agree more that that's yeah. the way to look at it, to say yeah. it's separate from me. And I've heard somebody say as they're promoting things, especially things like a book, 
um, that a lot of other people have worked on music for sure. You know, you're not just promoting you, you're promoting all the people who've worked on that book um, to get it to where it is today. So that's another good way that I think you can look at it and say, okay, that's right. I'm doing this not just to make a name for myself. I'm doing this for the message that was entrusted to me. Right. For the message and for the team. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic way to look at it. So, okay. Well, I hope that that sort of answers the question of how to go about talking about your blog. And just maybe it'll just help you know to know, too, that most bloggers, most creators do feel a little bit awkward and uncomfortable talking about what they're doing. But to uh, really shift your focus away and then that helps make it feel not so weirdo (laughs) when you're talking about it so okay kelly my friend we are going to have to go ahead and wrap it up as we've come to the end of our time together kelly and i are trying to make a concerted effort to not launch into extrovert land and keep talking your ear off so (laughs) It's difficult, but for the good of the people. It is, (laughs) it is. Hey, before we go, please remind us where we can find you all around the internet. I am Kelly at Lovewell, spelled out pretty much everywhere. So K-E-L-Y-A-T-L-O-V-E-W-E-L-L on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, Facebook is facebook.com, Lovewell blog. And lovewellblog.com is my blog. Okay. Which is sadly very neglected. Well, but, you have a few uh, things going on. <laughs> lately, but those are the other places I'm more active on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a teacher on Facebook. Awesome. Okay. Thank you again so much for, uh, for hanging out with me this week, for tackling these questions, and for sharing your Awesome of the Week. It was so much fun to have you back on the show. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, Megan. Okay. And thanks for the good questions, too, from the yeah, listeners. Yeah, keep those good questions coming in for sure. Okay, well, we will talk to you later then. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sorta Awesome. Just as a reminder, you can head over to sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com for today's show notes, which include links and pictures from today's discussion. While you're there, click on the Ask Us link to submit your questions for us to answer in an upcoming episode. You can follow the Tumblr for updates on the show or sign up for the mailing list at tinyletter.com slash sorta awesome. To discuss today's episode, find me on Twitter at sorta awesome Meg or on Facebook at facebook.com slash sorta crunchy. If you're enjoying the show, it would be so totally awesome if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our work in iTunes. We are having a blast making the show for you each week, and your reviews in iTunes help others find the show. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. You can find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords at pragermusic.com. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sort of amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.